everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me, as always, is Billboard's deputy editor digital, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Doing quite well on this post-Super Bowl week. Post-Justin post Timberlake Super Bowl <laughs> week. Yes. Which is very, very important, considering how much of a big fan of Justin Katie is, so... I can't wait to hear what she has to say about the halftime performance with Justin. Hmm. Hmm. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be chatting about Justin Timberlake's Super Bowl halftime show, how Lady Gaga canceled the remainder of her Joanne World Tour, and how you'll soon not be able to buy CDs at Best Buy anymore. Uh, plus, we've got chart news about Justin Timberlake. You may have heard of him. Migos, and how some of your favorite 90s R&B acts like In Vogue and Tony Braxton are all back on the charts. Plus, we have an interview with Friendship. The L.A. electropop duo behind the Hot 100 hit Capsize are back with a brand new song and tour, so stick around to get to know them. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So shall we talk about some of the biggest news over on Billboard.com? Yes, shall we? <laughs> okay, well, let's obviously start with the Super Bowl halftime show. We, uh, Keith and I have not spoken at all since this nope. halftime show, so this is all completely fresh. Let's start with, uh, Keith, what did you think about Justin's halftime show? I've got notes and everything. <laughs> I am so ready for this. Um, I watched it earlier. Um, truth be told, I'm actually, I didn't actually see it live because I'm in another country. So I saw it on YouTube. So maybe that took away some of the impact of the show. But that said, I was kind of a little underwhelmed. Um, uh, I, I have more elaborate notes, but the general, my general vibe is it was a bit meh. Like it didn't feel incredibly spectacular. It didn't feel grand. It It just sort of kind of was just kind of neutral and I'm like oh, I wanted more um what was what was your overall vibe from the show Katie I actually had a ton of fun watching it and uh of course would... you did of course you did <laughs> but I'm not going over the top and saying it was like the best ever I actually think Lady Gaga put together a better halftime show and you know proved herself a lot more than I think Justin did but maybe he came out with less to prove and so felt like he could, you know, do what he does best, which is what I think he came out and did. And um, I feel like we haven't seen Justin like this in a little bit because it was it was way pop star Justin, less of the, you know, crooner big band Justin, although the band was there. And so I feel like it was like the we were back to like pure, uh, you know, future sex, love sounds, dancing, pop Justin, which I loved. And, of course, watching it on a couch full of fellow 30-something women who are all in love with him made it especially fun as well. <laughs> so it was, huh. it, was, uh, it was a very easy-to-please crowd that we had at my Super Bowl party. 
Well, um, my Super Bowl, my Super Bowl party was a party of one, um, <laughs> and here were here were my notes, um, my specific notes. I have specific notes throughout the entire performance. Um, I said, of course, Jimmy Fallon introduces the performance because you know who else. Um, I thought it was weird to start the show not in the middle of the field. I thought it kind of started off with sort of a, a whimper instead of a bang, um, which I thought he really needed like a big sort of explosive moment, which we didn't have. Um, I, and that six minutes in, I'm like, okay, this is just fine. Um, and I, it didn't seem like the crowd itself, like in the in the stands were like super into it. But then again, you know, usually they're like, we're here for the football game, not here for the halftime show. So I sort of get why they aren't super amped. Um, I really did like the dance break that he did because it was cool to see him like with a bunch of you know dancers behind him, you know, which kind of made you think of the in sync days. Well, and um, I liked that it was literally on the field for that part too. Yeah, um, I thought the I thought the Prince virtual duet thing on um, "I Would Die for You" was was cool. I mean, uh, I thought the I thought the glyph lighting up outside the stadium, you know, the the Prince symbol was cool i don't know if that was real but it was well cool. in addition to the city lights coordinated to all go purple simultaneously which that to me that was the biggest impact of the prince moment because it, we should say leading into it there was obviously a lot of hand wringing about what he was going to do or say about prince um yeah. the possibility of a hologram a hologram which nobody wanted and uh, Prince himself had interviews talking about posthumous performances. So he was kind of walking on thin ice by, you know, singing a duet with his video. Um, but it was by no means like disrespectful, I don't think. And but then to me, like the best part was like spreading out from the stadium, the purple lights out of the city because it's his city. It's Prince's city. It's Minneapolis. And um, obviously Prince had, you know, previously made such a huge impact on that Super Bowl stage before as well. So I thought that worked on a few levels, despite the issues, you know, of maybe Justin being the one doing the tribute because, you know, there obviously were, um, you know, drama things or whatever between the two of them when he was live. Um, but I thought that the way it, it worked out was like so much better than any of the reports leading up to the halftime made it seem like it was going to be. Yeah, sort of the hologram prints, which would have been weird. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, the The last few notes I have, and then I'll stop. Um, I felt like Mirrors was kind of a downer point. Um, and I know it's one of your personal favorite songs. Um, so no, sure yeah, I think that you have that backward, actually. I was excited because he actually did Cry Me a River, which I wasn't positive he would. Mirrors it's called actually Sarcasm, one of my least... Katie. That was I was going to say, okay, okay, good. Because I was going to say, it's one of my least favorite songs. And then when the dancers were dancing with Mirrors, I was like, really? Is this happening? Oh, yeah. I was like, really? Everyone's <laughs> holding, like, a mirror? Oh. And then... And then, of course, it turns into um, Can't Stop the Feeling, which we knew he had to perform. It's his most recent number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. But then it basically turned into an Up With People performance, which I'm like, <laughs> you guys, just it's just, I mean. I mean, it is I, the Super Bowl. That's where Up With People <laughs> always performed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I wanted, I just, I wanted, like, I love you, sexy bat, can't stop the feeling. I wanted, like, big dance. I wanted, like explosive moments i and after last year when lady gaga had this enormous stage and a huge spectacle and jumping from the ceiling and just all this stuff i really wanted that and 
it was a perfectly fine performance. I don't think it was Gaga worthy, as we I think we both agree on. Um, I just wanted more. Yeah, so. and I I think that you know there's probably a lot to unpack about the fact that Gaga had to like go as hard as she did just to like you know get the respect that Justin is getting just by coming out and doing his Justin thing. But like mm-hmm. we don't need to get too deep into that. <laughs> no, it, no, no. We can let it be said. But I feel like Justin did a really solid Super Bowl halftime, and also as we kind of expected with our conversation last week, zero people joined him for special. Like you know, no, there was no, not even a Timbaland, not you know, not a Chris Stapleton, especially not an Unsync, especially not a Janet. Um, he just yeah. flew flew solo, and I thought it was, I thought it was a solid Super Bowl halftime, but clearly not the like out-of-the-park showstopper that we got last year. Yeah, I'm ready for Pink's halftime show. Let's bring that on. Oh, great, great point. And um, actually, we have been speaking of Lady Gaga. We have some sort of bummer news to move on to from um, from Gaga this weekend. She announced that she's canceling the final 10 European dates of her Joanne World Tour due to severe pain. Um, Live Nation said Saturday the musician is suffering from severe pain that has materially impacted her ability to perform live. And in a statement posted on social media, Gaga said she was devastated to disappoint her fans and that her medical team is supporting the decision for me to recover at home. Um, you know, I got to see this Joanne World Tour back in August. It was literally, I saw it like the day before I uh, went on maternity leave, had my baby, etc. Um, and uh, it was an incredible show. And it's such a physical show. Obviously, she's such a physical performer. Um, Keith, did you happen to see the five foot two documentary on Netflix that that I, um, is all about Gaga? I have not seen it. I am a bad fan. I realize. Oh, uh, well, as for the fans that did see it, it you know one of the biggest things that came out of it for me was like the extent of her chronic pain. I mean, she really like you know uh, let fans in on on just how much she had been suffering and what she had been performing through, and so. I think that the little monsters, as disappointed as they might be in Europe, will also understand that, like, if they want their pop star to continue to perform ever, they need to, you know, let her recover, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so that's, that's uh, you know, some sad news, but hopefully she'll get some much-needed recovery time. Um, and finally... Uh, Remember the days when you would go to Best Buy or Target to load up on the latest new CDs? Well, um, those days might be sort of, you know, coming to an end. Best Buy told music suppliers last week that it will pull all CDs from its stores come July 1st. And Target, meanwhile, has demanded that they should only have to pay labels for CDs when customers actually buy them and not that excess supply. Uh, Best Buy will, however, continue to carry vinyl for the next two years, keeping a commitment that it made to vendors. So, Keith, you know, as the charts sales guy, what does this all mean for the future of CDs and and physical music sales? Well, it's never good when a big retailer cuts back on the music they stock or just flat out stops selling CDs. Um, Some numbers for you guys. In 2017, CD album sales were actually down 20% in the U.S. compared to 2016, which isn't surprising, um, according to Nielsen Music, of course. CD albums actually sold 88.2 million in 2017, and they were still the dominant format for album purchases last year. Uh, Digital albums were the second biggest uh, in the format, with 66.2 million album downloads sold. So, obviously, this will be bad for CD sales, um, but, you know... Quick, ask a friend. When was the last time they bought a CD at Best Buy? Hmm, So that's why they're not doing this anymore. Fun fact, point to ponder. 
Best Buy used to be a leader in CD sales back in, you know, kind of the late 90s, you know, early 2000s, when they would discount titles and use them as basically a loss leader to lure customers into stores, hoping they would spend their time buying refrigerators and microwaves, oh, and getting the new NSYNC album. Uh, Best Buy also helped basically put out many mom and pop record stores, you know, out of business. Um, and, and places even like Tower Records, because Tower Records couldn't discount things as much as Best Buy could, because Tower Records' entire business was music. They couldn't discount you know, albums that are supposed to sell for $16 down to $9.99. But Best Buy could, because they were counting on you to come in, buy the $10 in sync album, but also buy a microwave that was going to be a full-price microwave. So it's annoying to see Best Buy ditch selling CDs when it was precisely their decision to get into the CD business that helped effectively start to kill the brick-and-mortar music retailing business. And those are my two cents on Best Buy not selling CDs anymore come July. <laughs> oh, man. That's a lot of sad stuff in there, especially the, uh, you know, the smaller record stores that maybe with the resurgence of things like vinyl and even cassettes could be, you know, you know, very useful right now, but are gone and it would be hard for them to come back. It sucks. But that said, let's move on to some happy news. (laughs) Um, Let's run the billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. First up, Justin Timberlake, you may have heard of him, gets his 19th top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 as Say Something, featuring Chris Stapleton, debuts straight in at number 9. It's Justin's third hit from his Man of the Woods album, following Filthy and Supplies. Um, Say Something actually debuts um, following its music video premiere on January 25th and its first full week of tracking. Um, The song in the video came out... um, on the final day of the previous week's tracking week for sales and streams. So it only had like one day of sales and streams a week ago for the charts, and that's why it didn't show up until this week after a full seven days. So it finally debuts, and it debuts in the top 10. Fun fact, Justin's 19 top 10s is equal to the number of top 10s Prince earned. Uh, Prince got his first top 10 back in 1983 with Little Red Corvette. And his most recent new top 10 was 1994's The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Um, As for Justin, it is expected that his Man of the Woods album will debut atop the Billboard 200 albums chart next week, garnering JT his fourth straight number one album. Speaking of the Billboard 200, on this week's chart, rap trio Migos debuts at number one with Culture 2. Just a year ago, Migos topped the list with its last album, Culture. So now the group is one of just five rap groups with more than one number one album. Uh, the others are Beastie Boys, A Tribe Called Quest, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and D12. Also of note, Culture 2's opening frame of 199,000 equivalent album units earned um, of that number, 150,000 were actually in streaming equivalent album units, and that actually equals 225.6 million on-demand audio streams for the album's tracks last week. That's actually the biggest streaming week for an album since last April, when Kendrick Lamar's Damn album debuted <laughs> with 340.6 million streams. So Migos, quite popular with the kids on the streamers. You know, the streamers, the streamies, <laughs> the streamies, <laughs> the streamies. There actually is an award show, the streamies. Never mind. 
Um, lastly, if you're a fan of 90s R&B acts like In Vogue, Tony Braxton, 112, Johnny Gill, Kenny Lattimore, Keith Sweat, and, and even after 7, you can find them all on our Adult R&B Songs Airplay chart this week. That's right, on the Adult R&B Songs Airplay chart. It's actually been interesting to watch this chart in recent years because it's kind of a place where um, heritage R&B acts can still find radio support um, when they're not necessarily getting a lot of radio airplay on mainstream R&B stations. Um, so the adult R&B songs chart actually ranks the most played songs on what we call adult R&B radio stations. Think of these stations like adult contemporary stations uh, with a focus on R&B music, sort of you know older acts, you know, kind of like smooth you know, uh, songs, you know, not a lot of, not like, you know, dance music or aggressive rap, things like that. More like, you know, adult contemporary, if you know what that means. Um, mind you, this chart isn't just, you know, filled with heritage acts, um, but, you know, because the top of the chart actually has really contemporary artists. Um, at numbers one, two, and three are SZA, uh, Love Galore. Number two is Daniel Caesar's Get You. And number three is Khalid's Location. So, there you go. I just thought it was fun to point that out uh, in case people wanted to check out the adult R&B songs chart. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, I actually want to check out this new En Vogue. So. The, yeah, there's a, there's a new En Vogue track. It actually hits the top 20 this week. It's called Rocket. Um, it's very smooth jam-like. Um, and it's actually their first top 20 hit on the tally since 1997 when Too Gone Too Long peaked at number 19. So there you go. En Vogue's back. Yeah. <laughs> And now it's time for our interview with Friendship. If you don't know that name, you've probably heard their song Capsize with Emily Warren, which hit the Hot 100 in 2016 and was a huge uh, Spotify song. So if you are somebody who listens to their playlists like I do, Capsize definitely uh, has been on your list before. The LA-based electropop duo are back with the catchy new song Love Somebody, and we caught up with them to talk about the surprise success of Capsize, their upcoming spring tour, and how their upbeat new song came to be. So here is our interview with Friendship. Hello to Friendship and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hello, hello. Yes. Thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Um, would you guys mind introducing yourself so everyone can kind of hear your voices and get a feel for who's who here? My name's Brett. And I'm James. And your friendship. And <laughs> we're friendship. <laughs> Together. So it's a big week for you guys because uh, you just put out your brand new song, mm-hmm. uh, Love Somebody. And it only came out just on Friday. But what feedback have you already been getting from people about it? It's been pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we'd we been gone for a while. So they're always we hadn't put out a song in, in quite a, I don't even know how long, but quite a bit. And you're always a little worried of putting something new out. And you kind of go, oh, is this going gonna, this gonna to do all right? But it's been good so far. And. My mom really likes it. Our moms <laughs> like it, so it's a important. great place message. to start. Yeah, loves the positivity. Yeah. yeah, actually, speaking of that, it's like a really like lovely breath of fresh air to have such a nice, upbeat, positive, you know, song. I love <laughs> it. Um, yeah. You know, was that intentional to come back with this kind of you know positive message? It, uh, it became intentional, I think. Uh, yeah, it took a few. Yeah. Took a few, I guess, paths to get there, but uh, yeah, definitely, I think. By the end of it all, we were very, uh, I think, understanding of what we were doing and what we were saying <laughs> and, and all that. I don't know. You felt timely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's super catchy. 
And, uh, you know, it's already getting a lot of love from Spotify, which clearly Spotify loves you guys as is. I mean, that's where Capsize kind of made its name as well. Sure. Um, Mutual feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you guys been finding that when you talk to people that that's how they're discovering you is through streaming? Oh, totally. I mean, I think that we're we're still a relatively new band publicly, at least. And I think people know us as Capsize. Right. (laughs) More so than friendship at this point. So, yeah, I'd say people are totally... We've discovering us as you know around the like, capsized band <laughs> there's a few very like humbling moments when you're like driving i don't know we were driving around like one of our shows or this happened a few times but and like people who went to the show or who are going to go to the show will drive by it like hey it's capsized <laughs> yeah it's totally that's uh, that yeah. song oh. friendship yeah <laughs> So next time I talk to you guys, you're just going to be called Capsize. Yeah, just going to go with we're it. Just gonna capsize or <laughs> maybe love somebody. Who knows? Right, yeah. right. Um, actually, where did friendship come from? Where did the name come from? A couple beverages in, uh, <laughs> perhaps. Water. Um, of water. <laughs> of water. Sure, Jeez. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we, we long time ago, used to work at Lululemon, and um, on our evenings out, we had a nice little mantra, big ships, little ships, but the best ship is friendship, and that was kind of the... Go rip the town up, scream that around. So I love it. Yeah, very. We, we, and we still are the grown cutest up a lot couple. since then. Yeah, we still are the cutest couple out <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking a little bit beforehand. Uh, you're from Colorado. Yep. You're from Washington. Yes, ma'am. And uh, but you guys are based in LA now. So yeah. um, and you've been here for eight years. How long have you been here? October was five for me. Five so. years. Okay. So I'm nine. I'm, then, I'm yeah. five and a half. Yeah. Do you feel pretty LA at this point? Have <laughs> you accepted wearing it? sunglasses <laughs> in an interview? <laughs> of course. He may or may not be wearing sunglasses uh, right now, but it's all good. So yeah, he is. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, aside from that fact, no, I, I try and make my way out to the woods as much as possible, and try and get home a few times a year. And family's got a lake place up there, which is kind of what's familiar to me. Like I grew up on the water, and we both grew up skiing and uh so that's kind of the familiar familiar territory that i'll probably never let go of and but definitely grunt like i think the people groups that you surround yourself are what make it feel a little bit more comforting and a little more homely so certainly that has occurred in my five years here yeah it's a weird place though very yeah. weird. But I think what you said is exactly right. Like, once you find your people, yeah. it's like, you're good. Or you find, I also, I feel like if you find your, your neighborhood, you yeah. know, totally. too, you it's important. <laughs> yeah. 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 Never leave. Um, uh, I'm a transplant, too, obviously, the way I'm talking about Where this. But from? I'm from Michigan. Uh, yeah. But I've, it's been, like, 11 years. Oh, yeah. Should or, we get the mitten out? Yeah. Um, I'm, like, right in the middle of the mitten from the Lansing area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we going to, we're going to Michigan, right? We are. Where are we going? Oh, I have your tour itinerary right uh, have it. Like wow. me to pull it out. What's... I did my research here. Let's see. Where are you going to Michigan? You're going to Pontiac, Where's which is that? in it's Metro Detroit area. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, awesome. We'll what is there. it the intersection? Um it's that like we're at? you know, it doesn't say the venue, does uh, it? Or does it? Let's look. Nah, no, the Pike Room, the Pike which room. I'm not familiar All with. Right, me neither. Well, I'm gonna have to go. I mean, I've been gone for 11 years, so there's probably cool new uh, things there. Right. <laughs> um, well, awesome. And you know, we already talked a little bit about "Love Somebody," but how did that song come together? We were up in Ojai. We uh, we've been on the road for a while and decided we needed to get out of town. And it can be kind of hard to work in LA because there's so many people groups you're <laughs> a part of. You know, and there's a party here and there's a, somebody you gotta go meet and stuff. So. We locked ourselves off at a, a friend's beautiful house up in the hills, so it was kind of get up, hike as much as we could every day, and 
drink a lot of coffee, went to the spot like two or three times a day, and then work on music. So it was kind of during that couple week period we started it. Um, but our, but it was done with our good friends, uh, Steph Jones and Nick Ruth, producer and writer friends. And yeah, we came in and I don't know, we were outside, he was strumming a guitar. I insulted him and ran away because I had an idea. <laughs> I ran to the room and... Uh, and then I returned the favor and insulted him and... Kept making another song? I ran. <laughs> no, I, I came in the room for like two seconds. Not, I mean, a little longer, that's exaggerated. But uh, I came in the room for a little bit and like felt like I, I wasn't... I don't know, you get sensitive when you're writing songs. Oh, I'm and, sure, it's so personal. I probably felt like I didn't belong and so I left and went and wrote... Another song that I believe is Which one? one that made the cut, I believe Run To You, is there you go. one I went and worked on. So It was it worth it. Proved, uh, proved uh, valuable, maybe, in hindsight. But, yeah, let them do their thing. I think that was the main thing, is, like, when there's, quote, a vibe. It's so cliche and stupid to talk about, but when there's kind of a certain vibe or an atmosphere within a room and you're not connecting with it, sometimes it is just best to let it be and let that get out of its thing, way yeah let that thing happen and um you can come back to it and later which is what the case was and um they laid a good foundation and then came back with james and we beat beat the tar out of it <laughs> yeah, can, we, can we say can we swear on this thing? yes you may uh, it's the internet right, right. you can swear i'll stick with tar though i like it better <laughs> beat the poop out of it yeah. it sounds like a pretty fruitful session up in ohio then is that like how many songs did you get out of it? A lot, actually. But yeah, quite a few. Final cuts, we don't know. We, uh, we, we usually we try in interviews. I'm letting you in in on this, but we usually try and be very good about going every other. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm in my head of like, oh, did I do? Am I cut him off? What am I doing? Uh, but the uh, yeah, we we kind of we focused so much on our live show last year that writing was almost like a foreign thing oh, to come back to totally, and, yeah. um, and so when we did it was we were probably also a little bit scared because we just know how we work and we know how it can get tumultuous and all that and so we probably were scared to <laughs> dive in together so we were up there for two weeks initially and we did not I spent that brief time in the room with them that one night and then other than that we did not we had the one other time one other night yeah. the very last night when we were like we didn't even write together this whole time and but basically i had my room he had his room and we just kind of came out with as many as many ideas as we could i think that that was good in hindsight like it kind of got us going and getting out the things that individually we needed to get out and then uh from that we took kind of our top whatever 20 yeah and started honing in on them and we went back up there um after that to really work together and honing on these ones so that's great so you're not the kind of group that's like in a bus or backstage like writing and <laughs> this is not your mo like it's hard to do that i yeah. don't i don't i mean i think some people can do it and it's probably easier the bigger you get you know when you have if you're doing if that's a, your if only if, time yeah if you're touring arenas and you're on the bus and you're sleeping and your only job during that day is to write do your sound check go right again then do your show you mm. know i think it's doable but you know we're not playing massive venues just yet so not to ruin any yeah any just to break fans dreams or like any, we can go now yeah. if, if this isn't what you thought it was <laughs> yeah, you're ruining everything over yeah. here yeah 
Um, uh, we also talked a little bit already about um, cap size, but that did that come out of left field for you? The way that just connected and and hit with people. We knew. No, you knew. <laughs> you all <along. laughs> in we a way, knew. yeah. It was kind of out of left field. No, hundred percent. It was out of left field. <laughs> yes, what it did, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Do songs feel good when you make them? Sure. And do, I mean, that one, from what I remember, connected with more of the women in my life than any other song sure. ever. Uh, so maybe that was a good looking sign. back in hindsight. <laughs> maybe that was a great sign. I don't know, you know, but uh, no, we had no idea. Yeah. And I'm, you guys went on tour after, you know, that success, like, you know, how, how was the vibe? Like the, how was the reception to, you know, your other music? Like you had this one song that was massive, but were people like, you know, welcoming to all the music at that point? Yeah. It's okay. funny. I think like our core fan, or like the people who are real, real friendship fans, and not just capsized fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they definitely veer more towards some of our other songs. I think, and I don't know if that's just like I don't know when you're a fan of a band, you're like, yeah, that one's okay, but the B side, this this right. B side that never made it out is the jam. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't know if that's them being nice, but a lot of the feedback we get is about this other song of ours, "A Thousand Nights," is kind of. And and maybe live too, it just comes off a little better and mm. a little bigger or something. Or, I don't know, but that's. I'm, I'm kind of b- jumping around the question, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, dove into that one in terms of our core fan base. And there's still a lot of diving to be done. I think we're still figuring out. Yeah. Because we've only put out. How many songs? How many songs yeah. have we put out? 11 total? There's. But that over includes the, like remixes. Yeah, and I mean, over the course of years. So yeah. it's like, and, you know, yeah. you haven't like fully come out with your like album introduction. This is us, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. So that, that's coming, and I think we feel pretty good about this next body of work. Is kind of, I think, a, maybe perhaps a better example of the how prolific we are. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, just the wide range of taste we have and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so you're hitting the road in April, um, mm-hmm. and will that music start coming out then? When you know, can fans expect to hear all you know that new stuff out on the road? Absolutely, we're still kind of ironing out exact dates, but yeah, the plan is to continually put out music from here and work towards a whatever we're calling it. Hopefully, an album. I think uh, that's the goal. Yeah, we're yeah we have we have a backlog here. I mean, that's this is I guess the the best that we know is we have handful of songs that are done and we're just kind of working with the label to kind of figure out what the best plan is going forward and do you have an idea kind of what that show is going to look like versus previous your previous tour uh we have ideas we don't know yet right. a lot uh, more nudity honestly <laughs> yeah. a lot more nudity there's the headline yeah <laughs> quote more nudity yeah i'll probably keep my clothes on this time <laughs> but um no, but yeah, we're a five-piece band, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still four people. Uh, we'll kind of we'll hack it out in March. We'll do rehearsals, yeah. and we do want to step it up quite a bit this next round and uh, toss some new production in, or really toss production in, and um, make it a little bit more of a uh, holistic experience. So yeah, it's it was as much as we would have done things differently. Like I mean, we essentially took a year off, almost like working on new music and. We shouldn't have taken that long, um, but as much as that is, we really—it was nice to have that time to come back and hopefully refine everything and 
Because this, I mean, as you asked earlier, if Capsize came out of left field, 100% did, so we weren't prepared for anything. And sure. So even when we signed our record deal, it was everybody was like just scrambling. Just catch up. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, and just kind of, so it was nice to, maybe we didn't need to take quite as much time as we did, but it was nice to kind of take some space and see what we really wanted from a branding perspective, from a whatever, and, and quote, come correct. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully we are able to do that this round. I feel like you sh- you're a little hard on yourselves. It hasn't been that long. You're like, you're good. <laughs> oh, it cool. feels yeah. like forever, though. Right. I mean, the Migos, people, man. We can't keep up Migos with the Migos. put out 38 songs. <laughs> They've had two number like, one albums yeah, in this yeah, year alone. Yeah. And Cardi B, we can't keep up. <laughs> uh, don't try. <laughs> Do not yeah, try. No, maybe we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're playing Bonnaroo this summer. Yeah, we are. Have you been before? No, I love that we're playing Bonnaroo. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, what are you expecting from it? Um, I hear it's kind of a mess, but a good, fun mess. <laughs> a dirty mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's That sounds fun. <laughs> on, our, on our end, because we don't have to deal with it, but we get to watch it and see it. Right. So. Yeah, it's fun for us. I mean, this was our experience last year, is playing these big festivals. It's fun for us because people don't necessarily know. I mean, we get recognized walking around in the crowds and stuff here and there, but not we're not like not Eminem all, walking yeah. around in a crowd or something. <laughs> so it's it's nice because we get to experience it from a mm. fan's perspective, and we're such fans of so many of the bands that are playing. I know. And you get golf carted around. Oh, so you yeah. Kind of yeah. take in the, the bougie experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, Bonner's lineup is killer. I'm, I'm stoked for Bon Iver's doing two sets. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it really feels like it's still kind of remained this um, destination festival. You really have to go out to the middle of nowhere to totally. go to it. You know, yeah. it's a farm. As opposed to, like, you know, you can fly into L.A. and go to Coachella or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like the people who go there are, like, really hardcore and cool. ready to, you know, have listen you been? to music. I've never been. My yeah. friends who are into it, though, like, went one year and haven't been able to not go since then. Oh, you know really? what I mean? Like, once yeah. let's, you're, like, huh. indoctrinated into the bottom of the crew, you're Great. there. Um, but, yeah, sometime I will get out there. Mm-hmm. Um in LA, you're playing the El Rey, which is like across the street. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> is true. that a venue you've spent a lot of time at? I'm assuming being... zero. I've <laughs> never been in. Never it. been. Never been in it. Oh my goodness! How about you? Uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. I believe I saw. I think my first show there was Gavin DeGraw back. Mm. Like this is a long time ago. I wasn't even living in LA at the time, but so I hopefully I've made up for his lack of attendance <laughs> at the shows. He's not. He doesn't go to that many shows I go to that. things I absolutely love yeah and yeah. even then I'll be like uh. <laughs> it's a commitment going to a so concert so getting them out on this tour getting, yeah. them, getting right. them out on this tour is a big deal so loud in all those venues uh, but you have no excuse then because you're right across the street so you'll be yeah. there That's oh great. yeah there you go I'll be there Perfect. for yeah. sure it's, it's four months commitment yeah. out you'll be there I do have to say when a band invites me to a show in LA if I find out it's at the LA it's like a much easier oh, commitment oh, okay. I'm like there nice. we are right. it's right there well consider yourself officially invited <laughs> thank yep. you thank yeah. you I'll be there um, do you guys have you know since you're not like fully LA but do you have venues here that like you would love to play someday the or Greek. like the Greek the yeah. Rose Bowl what you say, Rose Bowl for you? Oh, the Rose Bowl. I mean, just because just then you're so a, huge. Yeah. Have you been to concerts there before? I, yeah. I it's I so intense. Both went to Coldplay. Oh, we, that times. Coldplay show was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so um, it's so huge. You can't even like. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's just another beast. Yeah. Though, like, and I mean, I sit thing. there and I judge it <laughs> as me thinking I'm elitist or something, but it, it 
just is really cool to see that many people together all at once and singing the same songs. It makes you feel like the world's maybe not as from like twenty years ago as, too, or fifteen yeah. or however long ago. Yeah. And I think that's from our experience and looking out and playing our songs and seeing people singing them back is that's been such a cool thing to see. Like you can tell each person has their own experience with these songs that we've written, and um, I don't know. That's just such a nice. I don't know, it's so cool to see, and, and we don't want them to have our experience. We don't even care if they know what the song exactly means to us, and it, it's just cool to see, I don't know, our music means something to somebody. Yeah, it's a universal thing, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, awesome, I've kept you longer than I planned to keep you, and oh, th- this was good. lovely. So Thank delightful. you so much Thanks for, for stopping in. I yeah. appreciate it, and good luck with all the new music. Thanks Thank so much. so much to friendship for stopping by the la office and good luck with the new song and tour and now it's time for the chart stat of the week this week in 1970 venus by the dutch band the shocking blue hit number one on the billboard hot 100 climbing two to one on the list dated February 7th, 1970. The song was the only top 40 hit for the band, but it would prove to be quite the everlasting track for the act. It has turned up in films like Grumpier Old Men and Remember the Titans. Notably, Venus is one of the few songs that hit number one on the Hot 100 by two different acts. 16 years after the shocking blue hit number one with Venus, the British female pop trio Bananarama took it to number one in 1986. It's one of only nine songs to top the Hot 100 by two different acts. The most recent is actually Lady Marmalade, or Lady Marmalade, whichever you'd like to call it, tomato, tomato, um, which first hit number one in 1975 by LaBelle, and then again in 2001 by Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink. So, there you have it. This week in 1970, Venus had its first visit to number one by The Shocking Blue. So, we have come to the end of our Super Bowl Super Recap show, Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, Any parting words? Words. It's just like, what do we do with our February now? There's no Grammys. Super Bowl's done. Oscars aren't until March. Like, what? Talk about the Olympics. Uh, watch yeah, the, the Olympics. Oh, tune in tune, tune into the uh, Winter Olympics opening ceremony this weekend and see what musicians pop up in South Korea, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Justin actually, Timberlake will be there. <laughs> maybe Justin Timberlake. Actually, I got a, I actually I got a press release the other day about how we're going to hear a lot of the Greatest Showman's This Is Me song. Um, throughout uh, the coverage of the Olympics, so um, yeah, stay tuned for that and watch. You know, maybe the maybe the soundtrack could move back up the chart in the next you know couple weeks. Who knows? Sounds like we should go out on uh, the Greatest Showman then. Yeah, let's do uh, this is me from the Greatest Showman, and uh, see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>